invited to celebrate with Amy. Join the party as we gather creative tips and fun tricks for your next event. Come on in, grab a glass, and let's celebrate! Hello, hello, party people! Thanks for joining me on episode 13 of Celebrate with Amy. I'm your host, Amy Hernandez, owner of Immersive Events. If you listened to my very first episode, I talked about how I wanted this podcast to be one part event planning, but the other part is celebrating big or little wins. Well, in this episode, I'm celebrating a very personal accomplishment with you. Your girl and her mans is debt-free. No more student loans, credit card debt, car payments, medical bills. Dun, dun, dun. We are done. We've always been paying our monthly payments since college days and especially post-grad life, so our debt was very slowly chipping away. But last July, we decided to get intentional with tackling our debt. We created a plan and got super focused because we were tired of seeing our balance barely decreasing because of interest. When we first started our journey, our plan was to pay the rest of our debt off in a year and a half. We're so juiced to say that we paid it off earlier than planned, and the $43,451.13 that we had left last July is all paid off. Yes, I am going to add that $0.13. We were adding every single penny. It's been a super crazy year, but this unreal feeling is so, so worth it. My husband, Matt, is joining me on this episode as we talk about our debt-free journey, our history, our why, and our how. We know that everyone's financial story and lifestyle is different, but we hope to give you some insight on our struggles and experience. 40000 plus ain't easy, y'all. I mean, unless you got it like that. But for us, we sacrificed a lot, we worked really, really hard, and had a lot of arguments on the way. So if you're on your debt-free journey, I hope that you take at least one thing away from our experience in this episode. All right, let's go ahead and bring in Matt. Hey, hey, party people. Hi, babe. How are you feeling after Um, paying all our debt off? You know, I don't really feel it yet being debt-free, but it's always nice to feel that weight off your shoulders. This whole week, knowing that we were going to be debt-free and you know, paying everything off, it was really making me anxious. Like, I was really like, I just want to do this already. I just want to do it. I just want to do it. I just want to click. It was so anticlimactic because it really was just like, okay, type in the rest of your debt and then click submit payment. All right. So before we get into our how and why we wanted to get on to this debt-free journey, let's talk about our financial background a little bit with our family history and stuff. And I can go first. My family wasn't rich growing up. I'm not even embarrassed or afraid to hide it because my parents did everything they could to provide for us. We were on food stamps and everything. Like when we first came to California from Guam, we had no family here. Remember the five of us was sleeping in one room and until my mom and dad could buy a car and afford an apartment, that's when we moved, but it was also not in the best area, you know, and there was a lot of financial problems happening. And my parents were a young couple with three kids. So it was hard. And I I saw that I don't come from a well off family. I don't come from a family that's like going to pay my bills when they can. So that's a little bit of my family history and my financial background. 
for me. Not the opposite, but yeah, I guess I'm a little hesitant to say, but I was I was pretty well off. My parents were a little older when I was born. and I was in the same house that I basically just grew up in. And frankly, I took money for granted because I was the youngest child and I was spoiled. That I could definitely admit. So whenever I would probably cry or complain Mm -hmm. that I wanted something, very high chances that I'd get it. From what I've seen growing up is that we were able to afford things. Then once I started making money, I was doing the same. I had money in my bank account that meant I could buy things. But that definitely turned once I was getting older and then I graduated. Yeah, and it, you know, when you mention your parents would buy you things when you cry or whatever. I mean, I think that was the same when we were younger, when me and my siblings were younger. Yeah. My parents did everything they could to give us what we wanted, even if that meant that they were going to be in debt, even if that meant that they were going to be struggling. Like, now I know, you know, obviously I didn't know back then, but now I know they did everything they could. Props, props to our parents. Yes. For just holding it down. y'all. Yeah. Because I saw that my parents did everything they could when I was younger, I thought, oh, maybe they do have money. Even though I saw that we would be broke in my head, it was like, no, maybe we're good. Maybe we're okay. So I was actually quite the spender when I was young. Whenever I got money for gifts, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. Especially food. Food was like everything that I bought. (laughs) Mine was anime. Uh, every time my mom and dad gave me allowance, I'm like, all right, it's time to hit the video store and let's just go buy some anime DVDs that I'm never going to watch. Yeah. It was it was very bad. Yeah. And we're, when we're talking about younger, we're talking about when we were kids, yeah, right? like grade school. The young adults part, we'll get to that part because that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but, you know, this is the stuff that we saw when we were younger and this is kind of like our family background. Just so you have an idea of like how we grew up a little bit. Yeah, honestly, this is just super crazy to me. Like Matt said earlier, it doesn't feel real yet because it just happened. Yeah, let's go ahead and go from the beginning. Let's talk about the debt that we had um, accumulated and really just how we felt and things like that. You can go ahead and go first. My debt consisted of my school loans, my line of credit, and then very unfortunately, my medical bills totaled about $20,000 more or less. At the time, I didn't have a negative association with it, meaning that growing up, I just thought it was normal for an adult to have debt. So just in my in the back of my head, it's just, all right, there's the debt. I'm making the payments. It's going to go away eventually. That was basically a problem because that with my credit card, that was my excuse. I was always trying to find a positive reason to, to want something. And basically, I was manipulating myself making my wants my needs and that was a very big mistake because the totals just kept adding up it just kept getting bigger and bigger i forgot the exact time and moment but then it was us trying to save money but it just started not to feel good my bank account was not going up whatsoever because of paying like a little over the monthly as well as just paying regular bills and my bank account was never increasing and i was just getting sick and tired of it and i was getting depressed about it Something had to be done, and there's no way I could support my wife. I, no way I could support Amy or even kids, for the matter of fact, if like my bank account is not going up or if I'm not managing my money at all. That's kind of my, my debt history. For me, I view debt as this is normal, 
right? Like, people pay things with their credit card all the time. We all have school loans. It is what it is. But it wasn't until April 2014. That was my breaking point, and this is actually going to be on my website on a blog So I won't go super into detail in this podcast episode just because I did get really sad when I was writing it up uh, or not sad but really emotional remembering everything and just exactly how I felt. But 2013 we graduated from college and I got a job offer in the Bay Area. I first stayed with my aunt for about four months. There was like seven of us staying in her two-bed one-bath apartment that was hella crazy because I don't know how we all fit in there at all (laughs) now that I think about it. It was working. Yeah, but, you know, I saved money. I saved money to move into my first apartment. So I paid the down payment and the first month's rent. But within that first month, when I was going to work or when I was trying to go to work, I ended up finding out that my car was stolen. So I became carless. They found it a week later. And I actually had to pay $300 to get it out of the towing company. And it was only there for less than an hour. Mm-hmm. That part was crazy to me. It's but, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But because because I paid $300 for that and my down payment, my first month's rent, I ended up having no money in my bank account. I had $16 left. And when I looked at my credit card charges and you know, my school loans because it had already been a little over six months since I graduated. Then they started charging me monthly for my school loans to pay back. I just lost it. I was $6,000, I think over $6,000 in debt. I had $24,000 in my school loans. And I was like, what the F? What am I going to do? I can't afford a car, you know? So I was actually carless for eight months. And I was so lucky that I had a boss that understood my situation and who was so kind and just hella chill. So I worked from home four days a week. But yeah, I was struggling and finally I bought a car. But then again, more debt came and it was like $19,000, which, you know, is pretty good for a brand new car. Mm -hmm. But still, it was debt that I had to pay off. It was still an increased monthly payment. And in my head... I still felt like, oh, this is normal. People do this all the time. Yeah. And it is it is normal, right? Like, like debt is something that you live with. Is- Basically, after I got the car towards the end of 2014, I was like, I need to get it together because now I got like $6,000 in credit card debt, $24,000 in school loans, $19,000 for my car. What the hell? I just started my career, you know, like I'm, I'm working for a nonprofit, so... I'm not making a ton of money. So I got intentional at least to pay my credit card off. So I started a plan in 2015 to pay the little debts that I had off, like the smallest debts. And by 2017, I paid off my credit card completely and I have not been in debt with my credit card. But after I paid off my credit card, I was thinking, okay, the monthly for the car, it's just going to be there. Definitely the student loans, there's no way I'm going to be paying that off right away. So for me, I accepted, okay, these are just going to be regular monthly payments. These are just bills, just like how rent is, Mm -hmm. just like electricity and all of that stuff. This is just regular, normal bills, and that's fine. It's not going to go away. So I think for me, I accepted that. And, you know, we all heard it. You're always going to be in debt. You'll have debt for life and blah 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 and why would you even try to pay off your debt and stuff and 
that was kind of in my head too. And I believed all of that. I can't speak for Matt if you believed all of that, but I did. The whole, you're always going to be in debt anyway, that was always in my head. Yeah, for me, I've heard similar statements, but more so my mom told me about getting loans and I just listened to my mom about getting it. We didn't have the money to pay for the tuition ourselves, but my mom and dad made enough money where we couldn't get grants. So it was just a normalized thing. It was, let's go get the loans. Let's go to school. We'll pay it off eventually. Uh, I didn't do any research at all, and that was my mistake because that just put me in a big hole that I really didn't know how severe it was going to be. I just thought it was going to be something easy to do because that's what the general public does. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the same boat too, though, not knowing what the school loans were all about. For me, I was like, oh, I just get money to to spend uh, during college oh and my... to go party uh, and yeah, all that you, stuff, you know? You like, don't want to know what I was buying with my yeah. student loans. It was ridiculous. Yeah, like some of those loans, I honestly did not need to take out. And... Me too. I know that now, but I didn't really know it back then. Like nobody really explained how student loans work. And mm-hmm. if they did, I think for me, I just was not in that financial place to really know what that meant. I mean, like if you think about it, you're like 18. For me, I was 17 going to college. If somebody doesn't tell you as soon as you get into college, like exactly how it works and it's like ingrained in your mind, It's hard to get out of what you think it is. Yeah, and for the person explaining what or what loans are, or I guess in my experience, they didn't explain it that it was something severe and something serious to think about. It was, Mm -hmm. oh, you're just going to get loans and you're going to go through school. Like, Yeah, that's so true. Like, it was so, so simple, but Mm -hmm. it is not simple at all and it's not easy at all. Yeah, when you start paying that off six months after you graduate, yeah, they 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 try to just... They make it sound so good where it's like you don't have to pay off until six months after you graduate. I know. And then like but like that's gonna like... like the six months is gonna give you such a great start to start paying it off. For real, and it's some ridiculous. people don't even get jobs oh six my... months after. Yeah, I, I feel like we're both super lucky. Yeah. To like at least have some income income right after college. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know that was crazy. Like the school loans, credit cards. Especially during college days, all the partying, all the drunken nights Every where I'm Thursday, like, Thursday, oh, barcode. Polari. <laughs> Polari barcode. Buy two rounds of shots for like 10 people. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> like, I don't got you. My student loans got you. <laughs> I don't got my credit card payments. Yeah. I, it's, oh, God. So bad. Yeah. Really just looking back, it was ridiculous. Like, those nights were hella fun. But, man, it ain't fun when you have to pay everything when back. You, and looking back, like, was it really worth it? Okay. Now, <laughs> as soon as we, like, figure it out, okay, we messed up, we effed up, what else can we do, really? Mm-hmm. We kind of just left it as is, right? But when we started saving for our wedding, that's when our whole financial journey just completely changed. Because we were saving for our wedding by ourselves. We were going to pay for our wedding by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it took us a whole year and a half to save up. And surprisingly enough, a good amount of people thought we took a loan out for the wedding or we paid for the wedding with a credit card. And it was just kind of crazy to think about because, again, it's so normalized that 
some people take a loan out for their wedding or they put it all on their credit card mm-hmm. and stuff. But we knew that we didn't want to add to our debt that already existed. Mm-hmm. So even if it took a year and a half, we wanted to make sure that we were spending the money that we had. Um, but after our wedding, we realized how much money we could save and where we could be financially. Mm-hmm. So we started looking into more finance information and I started to create a plan. But my plan originally was like, ooh, we want to buy a house and have a family and then we'll pay off our school loans and it'll take us like three to five years to pay off our school loans. We're not going to pay it off right away because we're saving for a house. You know, that was kind of my plan going into it. But when I talked to Matt, he had a whole nother idea. Yeah. For me, when we started saving for our wedding and uh, you talked about your breaking point like on a specific day, mm-hmm. I th- it's not super specific for me yet, but it's a little more specific of when we started saving for our wedding. So now saving for the wedding, still paying off my school loans and other debt and paying our bills. It started to just bring so much anxiety for me where I felt like I didn't have enough money for those three aspects for bills, debt, and the wedding. And I just couldn't do it no more. Like I I actually broke down uh, to Amy about it and it was something that needed to be done. I, I really thank Amy for it because that's all I was doing. I was just complaining and whining about like, I'm not making enough money or I'm I just can't save up the money, but Amy really sat down and just kind of drafted up a plan and went over it with me. That got me out of my rut. That got me out of my situation. And so after he opened up about that, he was completely honest. We took a look at our debt-free plans and home savings plans. Y'all, I had like hella different Excel sheets just for specific plans. (laughs) It's hella funny. Um, I got my bill sheet, my savings sheet, my... Expense sheet. Yeah, and like each savings is very specific like... And to add, having those sheets, but there was many versions of those sheets within that sheet. So there was like a ton of tabs. Well, because it was like plan A, plan B, plan C, you know, like what scenario do we want to play out? Because we can... We can take this where we want to take it if we're intentional, right? So is it the whole saving for a house and then paying paying off debt? Or is it paying off debt, then buying a house, then having a family? Is it paying off debt, having a family, then buying a house? Like what is it that we want and what scenario would we prefer? So that was kind of how I was looking at it. So the plan that we chose, paying off our school loans first or like all our debt first and then buying a home. And it still looked like it was going to take a few years. For the school loans, I think originally we were like, it it might take two years. I think so. Yeah, I think originally it was going to be two years. But yeah, I started looking at financial information and I somehow found Dave Ramsey and Chris Hogan. And I've never, ever listened to podcasts but they were the first podcasts I listened to. And I was like, oh, this podcast thing is actually pretty cool, all right? I got really into it. So I started playing it in the car for Matt to listen to it. Because I was like, oh, baby, you should really listen to it. Because I shouldn't mm-hmm. be listening to this by myself. One of the main things Dave Ramsey says on his podcast is if you're a married couple, your debt is all combined. Your income is combined. Like, you guys are doing this together. Because I was looking at the plans and I was still like, oh, maybe we can still pay off our own loans, right? Maybe we should still pay off our own debt. But when it comes to savings, we're saving together. When we started listening to Dave Ramsey, we started to follow his baby step. 
The snowball effect is definitely what I did to pay off my credit card debt, but I didn't know about Dave Ramsey and his baby steps. So we started getting into that. However, we weren't full Dave Ramsey, you know, like saving $1,000 for emergency fund just didn't seem realistic to us. Like, especially in the Bay Area. Especially in the Bay Area and all the emergencies that we had to go through. So we did save more than 1000 and then we started really like, being intentional and attacking our debt but it was cool really listening to dave ramsey and all the callers that were calling in and all the different types of situations that these people were in but they were all deciding to tackle debt you know like there were people who had kids and a house and there were fresh college grads you know there were so many different people and that's what made me really like his show plus he's like super real yeah, su- like brutally honest. Yeah, about some like, of the things he'd be saying, I'm like, damn, you gotta say it like that. Yeah, it was. At first, I I was kind of taking it in as, oh, it's it sounds just like those get rich quick scheme. Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't exactly that, but it was. It had the same kind of energy to it, mm-hmm. or that's how I was taking it in. But it was definitely not that. It was everyday people just like me that had debt but wanted to take action and was seeking advice when we listened to him we listened to him every day when we were commuting to work and the commute to work is about you know an hour and after work i'm listening to him so at one point i got a little tired of listening to him because some of the things started to feel the same so then we started to listen to chris hogan who's also a part of the dave ramsey solutions and ken coleman who is also a part of the team as well and Chris Hogan, I love listening to Chris Hogan. His I think voice, he's my favorite. yeah, his voice is dope. It's just like you just want to listen to him. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how to be an everyday millionaire. And for me, that was like, oh, I'm envisioning what's going to happen after I pay off my debt. Mm-hmm. So there's not just this like one vision, debt free, that's it. There's this other push for us to get to that debt freedom. And it's that whole baby steps thing. Yeah just having these baby steps as a guide. That's definitely what I needed. I had the idea of, oh, I want to get rid of this debt. I'm tired of having this crutch on me, but I had no set plan in motion. And Amy's help along with Dave Ramsey and Chris Hogan's help, very, very helpful into getting this down. Yeah. And pretty much within the first two months that we started trying to tackle our debt, I started to feel like, you know, I wasn't happy where I was anymore as far as my job and the only way to get out of this debt faster is if I increase my income then I found Ken Coleman as part of the Dave Ramsey team and I started listening to him and he would talk about how you can find a better job and the whole proximity principle so I started listening to him every day now too by listening to him even though there were a lot of things that I already kind of knew based on you know other research in the past listening to him inspired me to keep that in mind and so every day i listened to him it was like on top of mind for me to apply for jobs remember what you're worth go for what you're looking for um eventually we both ended up finding new jobs yeah i found my next job at such a wrong time but also such a right time it was weird Definitely my previous employer wasn't super happy because we had a huge event that I was in charge of. I ended up working two full-time jobs 
in the same month, which was crazy. I know. It was insane. I was so stressed out. It was ridiculous. But I was paid out of the PTO that I accrued. I had double income in one month. And all of that went to our debt. But at the same time, during that time, Matt actually was out of work for like three weeks. Yeah. Actually, and then he switched to another job. <laughs> yeah. It, it was bad timing as well. But going back to listening to Ken Coleman's podcast, it wasn't his steps, like his proximity principle or building a resume to have specific things on it. Or there were numerous people that called in and they were talking about career changes and that's basically what I went through because I went to school with kinesiology for exercise science and I was in that field. I was doing corporate fitness. At that particular position, I felt like there was nowhere to go. Instead of holding on to just, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do because I went to school for it, it was just find something that's better for you at the time. That was, that was the way I was taking it. He was saying that you do not need to hold on to that particular job because that's the path that you've been taking to it's mm -hmm. like doing something to make you happy doing something to keep your sanity and that's how I got into it well the catalyst was me getting hurt and then it was just like <laughs> it's just all right I need to find a job I'm definitely not happy Amy kept telling me about it the whole time that I just needed to find another job because every time I came home I would always complain about it there was nothing happy or good that was coming out talking about my job Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned the part where you need to find a job that gives you sanity. I feel like that is much more important than making an extra $4,000. Well, and that's like what I had to learn too, right? I mean, ultimately, we both had an increase in pay, which is amazing. But at my old job, I just thought, okay, being in the events industry, this is what I want. But at the same time, I'm working myself way too hard yeah your so, bur burnout is a real thing yeah so ken coleman listening to him made me realize like there has to be something else out there that i still love but it's going to give me a work-life balance and so basically the next job that i took was still an events job they paid me more but i got to work from home a hundred percent of the time and that to me was like whoa versus Another job that actually offered me a position, coolest job, one of the coolest jobs in San Francisco. It was so hard for me to say no to them because had they asked me two years ago or a year ago even, I would have been like, hell yes, because they do the biggest galas. There's a lot of potential there, but they don't have work-life balance. It was, you know, it was still going to be a lot of late nights and long weekends and I was just not about that anymore I don't want to be about that anymore so this position that I took was the position I was looking for and it's the position that God wanted me to take yeah and that's probably something to think about on your debt-free journey is a job making more money is going to pay the debt off but is paying the debt off a little bit quicker worth your worth yours not even just your sanity but then your, your mental health your mental health and your relationship if you have a significant other like those are a lot of factors you want to consider yeah and i wanted to mention this too you know i mentioned god briefly what i really really love about the dave ramsey solutions team is that they put faith and money together they always talk about giving and it's dope we went to a dave ramsey smart conference in sacramento 
and that was really so incredible like there were so many people in the arena and it was just like this energy of people who want to become debt free or want to be on this financial journey if you could ever go to something like that i definitely recommend it we went with our friends alex and pj and they absolutely loved it so go with the right people or introduce people to them that was one of the ways we stayed motivated throughout the journey other ways we stayed motivated because you know you can't just keep listening to one i mean you can you can keep listening to one person but for me I get bored really easily and I want so many different options and so many different perspectives. That's just me. I like listening to other people's thoughts and lessons and things like that just because I feel like you can learn something, like at least one thing that's different from every single person. So after I listened to Dave Ramsey and Chris Hogan and Ken Coleman, you know, I got my new job and all of that stuff. I needed to stay motivated. So I kept listening to more financial podcasts that really, really helped me. I followed specific financial Instagram pages and influencers so I could always see it when I'm on social media. It just reminded me to keep working at it. You know, it's kind of like how people follow fitness models on Instagram to stay motivated, to stay fit. Like for me, it was financial people to motivate me to stay financially fit. Yeah, other podcasts that helped us or at least helped me were His or Her Money Show. His or Her Money Show is a black couple talking to different people about their journey and I loved listening to them because it was like this other married couple who is also people of color that I could relate to a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I listened to Clever Girl Finance and she's this black woman who also talks about finance and interviews other people and their journey and she's really cool to listen to as well. Um, also smart passive income by pat flynn thinking about income flow and what else i can do to get more income so i can pay off my debt faster listening to him and the side hustle show actually helped me to really launch my event planning on the side like that's what really pushed me like i've always wanted to do it but to hear people's stories and their smart passive income or side hustles i was like what am i doing People ask me about event planning. I just need to do it. So I honestly would listen to these podcasts in the car at the gym. I stopped listening to music at the gym. I would literally (laughs) listen to podcasts. That's all I would listen to, financial podcasts. And that would get me going. That would get me hyped. Because then I'm like thinking about myself and trying to relate to it. And I would listen to it on my walk. I would literally listen to financial podcasts every day. I was that crazy about getting out of debt. (laughs) For me, the podcast that I would just always focus on is the Fantasy Footballers podcast. (laughs) Just joking. Um, But literally, that's what I would listen to all the time. But that's very tangent. (laughs) But for financial advice, uh, I really loved Chris Hogan's podcast. What Amy was saying is that Chris Hogan wasn't necessarily talking about getting out of the debt, but more so what are the steps after getting out of the debt, whether it's investing, focusing on your retirement, and moving on from there. Another one I liked that Amy showed me was Ramit. I think his last name is... Ramit Sethi. Yeah, Yeah. Ramit Sethi. Uh, I I will teach you how to be rich is what he wrote. I just follow him on Instagram. He just has small tidbits of excerpts from his book. There's a ton of resources mm-hmm. out there for being financially fit. It's not a bad thing to just focus on one, but you know it's always good to just try to get as many different resources as possible. 
And I think you're going to hear a lot of people talk about Dave Ramsey and his baby steps. But there are some people out there who's like, I don't like to follow Dave Ramsey. He's a little much. Yeah. I I understand that part. You know, so if Dave Ramsey isn't the person that you want to listen to, try other podcasts. Like I had to listen to so many different podcasts and subscribe to so many different podcasts to see which one fit my personality the best, our um, lifestyle the best. Yeah, there are hundreds out there. Yeah, so take a look around. I wish I found this girl a lot sooner, but hey, Berna. She's a Filipino financial hype woman. And I love when she says, when I look at the finance industry, it's either hella male or hella pale. And I'm just like, what? Like that? And she's just like, <laughs> nobody looks like me, you know? And um, so she wanted to be this brown Filipino woman who talks about finance in the most ratchet way possible. She literally talks about having a ratchet tree fund. Like that's where your ratchet ass shit. You know, so like if that's your thing, go listen to her. I wish I found her sooner, but I found her towards the end of our debt-free journey. So it didn't really apply to me. I already was so stuck with who I listened to. But again, just listen to all the potential resources and figure out what you like, what fits you the best. Uh, The journey was definitely not easy. Being on this debt-free journey was rough. Yeah, that shit was rough. Um, There's been a lot of talks between me and Matt, a lot of arguments, a lot of bad feelings when it came to telling some family and friends about the journey and kind of their reactions to it. There were things that we had to sacrifice, you know? Um, I know a lot of people are like, well, you guys are on this death-free journey, but you're still traveling, you're still doing things, you're still eating out, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that's the case, but we are also really saving in so many different ways. Yeah. Like you're, and they're only basing that off of social media. For me, I had to change my lifestyle 180. Whenever I felt like I needed to eat or I needed something for work, I needed to do something on my car, anything, I would just buy it because I just thought of it as a necessity. But that wasn't the case. It was having a better plan to get those necessities or really diving deeper and asking why I would need those things for work or to eat um, or figuring out alternatives. Definitely having Amy was a very great benefit. She was just always there. She basically, I wouldn't want to say drill sergeant, but it was okay. It was, it was needed. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like it was needed um, because Somebody had to be, right? Like, we couldn't both be chill. Yeah, because if that was going to happen, there was going to be no progress at all. We'd be in the same spot. Um, So I had to sacrifice on my video games. I had to sacrifice a lot on supplements. I was a supplement fanatic. I'm the one who kept really tracking every little detail. Mm -hmm. Like, I looked at the statements all the time. I... I would track all our savings, all of that stuff. So I looked at that really religiously. So I would see if he spent $30 on a video game. I'm like, what the hell are you spending $30 on an app for? I'm like, trapped. we legit had a whole argument about that. Yep. Um, and he was like, it's just $30. I was like, that's $30. I can go to debt. But it yeah. was my money. And <laughs> but that's even exactly then. That's exactly what was happening. Like, you have to come to terms mm-hmm. and you have to come to an agreement because... Of course, it's probably going to be whoever's money. But again, when you're married, it's not your money anymore. It's our, your, money. our money. So you have to take that into consideration. 
the whole plan with paying off our debt was again smallest to largest and a lot of the smallest ones was Matt's. yeah and so it was like we were paying his off and when i was working like the side hustles we put majority to matt's loans Mm -hmm. and matt's debt and somebody actually asked me don't you feel weird that you're working this weekend but all the money that you're making in this weekend is going to matt's debt and i was like you know i thought about that at first and honestly it like because it was the first time happening i struggled with it i was like oh i want to spend this on something else because i worked so hard this weekend like but ultimately it was our goal together and the faster we paid off our debts the better it was going to be for both of us yeah you know and i think that's why when it comes to the little spending like we both had to be on the same page yeah and i I guess on the other side so her saying that just saying it out loudly so it just sounds like oh matt can't take care of his own shit yeah so it it makes the case yeah it makes me feel a little i have that little sense of just like okay i can't pay myself but that's that's not the battle that is not the battle that's not the goal the Mm -hmm. goal is for both of us to be out of debt so we both could increase our income gotta put the pride aside you gotta come to agreements and being on the same page you have to communicate and be on the same page yeah or we're really just saying this stuff this experience that we had because i'm sure there's at least one person or one couple who can relate to it and you need to know that you're not alone like the battle with finance especially when you're just starting this shit is hard (laughs) it's hella hard. hard but you have to get on the same page that's the biggest thing But I think what really helped us too is we kept remembering our individual why and our couple why, you know, like our why together. Um, What kept you motivated to keep going and what was your individual why? My individual why? I think it was more so just being able to choose what to do with my money. What that means is, so instead of, all right, I get paid, but then now some of the money has to go to bills and then a lot of it has to go to the debt. And surprisingly, when the money was going to the debt, it wasn't going down tremendously because interest is a bitch. (laughs) So always seeing that was... Don't be cussing on my podcast. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I heard heard some words. Um, But no, it's terrible. And being in that endless cycle was it wasn't for me and i just really needed to get out of it because it was messing up other parts of my life it wasn't just messing me up financially it was messing me up mentally it was messing up our relationship and i just needed to get out of it now it's just getting into that positive net worth was the big why for me having that financial freedom mm-hmm. yeah for my individual why I want to live the rich life that I envision and debt wasn't going to let me do that. I'm not saying I'm going to live my rich life now, but in the far future, I want to be able to do that. And if you listen to Ramit, he talks about how everybody's rich life is very different. Mm -hmm. It could, for him, it's hiring a personal trainer to figure out his workouts. For me, I'm like, I want to hire a chef, a family chef. 
it's probably not gonna happen i'm probably gonna cook you know whatever but it's like stuff like that um i want to be able to travel without being in debt you know that was my why like i want to do things to experience life without feeling like i'm being held back by money but our why together is starting a family yes buying a house yep all of that but really i want to be able to teach our kids how to save how to give and be better with money yeah if our families get into any emergencies i want to be able to give money to them without questioning if i'm going to be able to meet my rent next month you know like i want to be able to give without any problems at all i honestly i really just want to be able to give like that's one of the biggest parts whether it's give it back to church whether it's give it back to someone else who's going to need it more and i actually didn't mention this earlier but i had another turning point and this is on my blog too i had another turning point in 2015 when i left my first job out of college one of my co-workers gave me a farewell card on my last day and i'm going to read it it's actually in front of me so it says dear amy In my career, I have met many bright young adults. Some had an extra spark that told me that they would go far and attain their dreams. You are one of those special ones. Your integrity, work ethic, creativity, and passion propel you to succeed in whatever you focus on. I'm so excited for you to be taking the next step to achieving your goals. Always follow your heart. I'm so proud to have known you and worked with you. P.S. This monetary gift is to pay down some of your student loans. The sooner you can get rid of that heavy burden, the higher you will soar. And there was a check in this card. And I was like, oh, it's probably like $20 to $50. Probably a nice little meal or something. It was $800. $800. And I cried so hard when I opened the card and saw the check. Because I was like, how can someone be this kind to me? Mm-hmm. How can somebody give this much to me? when she only knew me for like two years yeah you know and she's my coworker. i mean eventually she did become like somebody i would call to have dinner with but i was like what like this is crazy and so when i saw that that's also part of my why i want to be able to give back the way she gave to me you know yeah just wanting to pay it forward a lot a lot of people helped me along the way a lot of people helped us along the way and i just feel it's right for us to do the same absolutely yeah so you know we said it earlier this debt-free journey was not easy um we really took control of our budget and bills we would have finance meetings just to go through what we spent and what area we needed to save on so i actually put it in my calendar it's called money mondays Money mondays um so we would try to at least if it wasn't on monday then it was the next day or something but i put on the calendar so that we would go through it um, and we would just go through what we spent like i said earlier i have a bunch of excel sheets if we paid a bill then i would highlight it green to keep track and i could see like oh this hasn't been paid yet um if we put in a certain amount into our savings account then i highlighted it green so i knew like oh okay we did send um something from our paycheck like as soon as our paycheck hit our bank account i'd even let that i didn't even let any of the savings sit there i would immediately transfer it to our savings account or our debt Mm -hmm. 
So that's how we kind of took control of our budget and bills. Towards the middle of our journey, we also started our weekly and monthly budget. I know there's a lot of apps and websites that automate your spending, um, like Mint, but I really like inputting everything myself so that I'm looking at everything we spend and categorizing it myself because sometimes at target like mint isn't gonna know what you bought for like home stuff or beauty stuff or groceries you know so i had the power to kind of really separate it so i knew that that target bill wasn't just groceries her excel sheet is extraordinary back to what she was saying about her itemizing there's several categories on what we were spending on and and we could really see what we're spending so much on. We're seeing what we're not spending a lot on. And it's really great to have that difference because if you just see a big bulk of money that just says, oh, we're spending a lot, maybe we should save. Very, very general. So it's not really having a big plan. That's what helped me a lot to getting on this debt-free journey. It had a set goal at the end before the sheet and before Amy, it was just, all right, I'm going to pay my debt off. Eventually, it's going to be gone. But having that end goal and really playing out this, those scenarios of if we're going to add more to this month, we'll be lower here and maybe we could even just pay it off a month earlier. Physically seeing that end goal was a lot of motivation to stick to the plan. And I feel like that's super helpful. If you want a template of anything like my bill sheet or our payoff plans sheet our savings sheet let me know i am happy she got you yeah i'm happy to send it to you for sure it will change your life okay so just a few more questions here what do you think was the hardest part of the journey the hardest part for me was getting rid of the justification for the things i wanted to buy i always tried to turn it into things I needed to buy. That was not helpful at all. So I really needed to sit down, not be impulsive, ask myself, do I really need this? What's the purpose of this? Is this going to help not just me, but me and Amy? Yeah, I think that's part of the hardest part for me too. And it was explaining to family and friends why we couldn't spend money on this or that. You know, I definitely love to try to give. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want to be there for friends and family. But if it puts me in a financial hole, I feel like that is part of the reason why I got into credit card debt. Yeah. Because I was buying presents when I didn't have the money. That that was like one of the first things I did when I got my student loans. Yeah. Because I bought presents for people. Yeah. And so to have to hold back on that, like I still gave presents, but I wish I could give maybe something nicer or I wanted to go on a trip with a friend or something like that, we had to be like, okay, we have to hold back. And I think the hardest part too was trying to, even though we didn't have to, was trying to convince any family and friends why we're doing this. We had a couple of people who were like, well, why are you going to get out of debt? Debt is always going to be there. Or that doesn't make sense. Why don't you just put that into savings? Or why don't you just invest that? So Biting my tongue was part of the hardest parts too because it's like you don't know our financial life. You don't know anyone's financial life. Yeah, everyone's is different. Yeah, so I mean if that works for you, great. But for us, what we wanted to do, we sat down and talked about it and we said, no, we're going to get rid of our debt. What surprised you the most during this debt-free journey? Quite honestly, it was just the 
the actual amount of money we save during this process. I'm busting myself out here. It was, we were working, we had a good portion of our paychecks go to a particular account and I wasn't checking it. Amy was. And Amy actually surprised me on Valentine's Day with completely paying off my student loan debt at a much quicker pace. We had a plan to pay off my student loan debt around June, July, but we ended up paying it off in February on Valentine's Day. I was like, how are we doing this? I thought our plan was to pay it off in, in June or July. So that was the very surprising part. We were staying consistent and that money was just building up and we were actually to pay off our debt much quicker than we had planned out in our Excel sheet. I think for me, the most surprising part is I started feeling healthier when I was working on my financial health because we were going on this debt-free journey. It made me realize on the way certain things about myself that I wasn't happy with. You know, whether that was me not being happy in my own job and realizing that I need to find another one that pays more but gives me a work-life balance. It made me realize that I need to start my side hustle and I need to start my passion. It made me realize that I need to be just healthier in general and I need to get my act together. You know, there are so many things throughout this financial journey that really opened my eyes to like how I want my life to be. Because we were able to follow through our financial plan and to see that we could reach that goal I feel like it sets the tone for anything else we want to do and that part I wasn't expecting you know like oh if I make a plan and I actually follow through it if I'm really 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 intentional I could do it and that for me was a big eye-opener okay preach (laughs) shut up preach but seriously I was hella trying to think about like how I could word that so anyway we should wrap up now (laughs) If you could give one piece of advice to someone paying off their debts and trying to go on a debt-free journey, what would it be? Debt-free journey is like any other journey. Weight loss journey, fitness journey. It's going to take time, but more importantly, it's going to take consistency. If you got to stick to your budget, stick to your budget. Have someone keep you accountable to stick to your budget. Because if you just stay consistent, if you stick to the plan that you have set in motion, you're going to get to your goal. That's probably my my biggest advice that I could say. Yeah, and my advice is what Matt said, have a plan and be consistent, but know that there's going to be setbacks. There may be emergencies. Mm-hmm. There may be things that happen. And yeah, that's going to suck because that money could have gone to debt. That happened to us a lot. But continue to stick to the plan. Don't give up. Keep your vision in mind. Right. And find a friend, find a friend to talk to. We ended up being able to talk to our friends, Alex and Roxanne, because they went on the debt free journey with us. And that was super, super, super helpful. Yeah, it's motivating. Yeah, that like you're doing it with someone else. I know I'm, I'm giving like more than one piece of advice here, but praying every night that we prayed together, we would ask God to keep us on this journey of faith, but also finance. Like, help us to reach the end goal. Help us to not give up. And I honestly think that praying to God and having strong faith and still giving to church, even if you're trying to pay off debt, you know, he blesses you 10 times more. Um, And obviously, don't be just like going to church and praying because you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get out of debt because, you know, God's (laughs) going to get me out of debt. Like, that's not that's not why you just pray. But like, have faith. Just, yeah. 
just staying strong in your faith. That's going to help you keep stay strong on your journey. All right. So what would you like to cheers to what we drinking? Oh my gosh. We drinking a 2010 red blend. It's a Colby red. To cheers, cheers to getting a huge weight off our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a cheers to a brighter future. Yes. Cheers to the hard work, all the sacrifice, the struggle, the arguments, mm-hmm. the happiness, the small celebrations, everything that we had to go through to get to where we are today. And cheers to this being just the beginning. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay, party people, thank you so much for tuning in and celebrating with us. I didn't get to mention this, but the card in the check that my coworker gave me was dated July 21, 2015. When I saw that, I was like, damn. It's so mind-blowing to me that almost five years later, I can let her know that my school loans are completely paid off and that heavy burden is gone. I would not have known that five years ago. So as I was reflecting, I wrote this. Throughout the years, I felt like I was drowning in an ocean of debt. The water pressure felt heavier when I panicked. When I remained calm in the current situation I was in, I would resurface to see the sky of hope. Debt kept trying to pull me in deeper, but God was my lifeguard. I struggled to swim out of debt with waves of problems crashing onto me, pushing me into the depths of darkness. But faith kept me floating, and God put in the work with me. Today, I finally found myself stepping onto the shore of debt freedom, and I am hopeful. Those feelings being in debt is a real struggle. So if you're listening to this and you're in debt, know that you're not alone. You got this. Have a plan and be intentional. If you need someone to keep you accountable, I got you. Thanks for celebrating with us today, party people. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to connect with me on my website at www.immersiveevents.com or via Instagram at Celebrate with Amy. Please share this episode or my blogs to anyone you know that is struggling with debt. Also, I would absolutely love it if you could please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You know your girl is trying to grow. Thank you so much again. Sending you all the love and confetti.